episode 94, How to Overcome Imposter Syndrome. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I used my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live life amplified. Agatha Christie once said, I don't know whether every author feels it, but I think quite a lot do, that I am pretending to be something I am not, because even nowadays, I do not quite feel as though I am an author. Hello, and welcome back, everybody, to Life Amplified. High fives, fist bumps to you for taking a few minutes out of your week to work on yourself, and it is my greatest honor and privilege to provide a vehicle for which you can do that. Thank you so much for making Life Amplified part of your weekly routine and so much value ahead for you in the next few minutes. I don't think that this is going to be a long episode, but it's an important one because when you look at the research, science says that 70% of people suffer from this idea of imposter syndrome. And I can tell you in my coaching practice, 99.99999% of the people who come to me suffer from imposter syndrome. And what's fascinating is I work with a variety of different clients. We've talked a lot about the people who are in the soul-sucking job, who are very well-paid, but it's a career that they either never wanted or they don't want anymore. Many people who come to me have a desire to serve at a higher level. They have a gift within themselves that they'd like to share with the world to improve the lives of other people. But what gets in the way of that? What really blocks a career transition? A lot of times it's imposter syndrome. Who am I to help? I'm not trained. I don't have enough background or schooling to go out and make a difference in the world. Conversely, I work with many people who rather enjoyed their job, or at least they did at one point, but they're overworked, burned out, and no matter how high they climb up the corporate ladder, there's always a feeling of they just can't enjoy it. It's not enough. Or they denigrate the success and they believe it's just, you know, that they were lucky to get where they're at. Also driven by imposter syndrome. So let's start out with the actual definition of what this is. Because it's a term that was developed in the 1970s by a pair of female researchers. They said imposter syndrome are people who have problems accepting praise and internalizing their success because they see it as due to luck or external factors. I totally relate to this idea. And when my business began to explode around the end of 2017, right around the time I launched this podcast, I had huge feelings of imposter syndrome coming up. You might remember, those of you who've been with me since the very beginning in November of 2017, this podcast debuted globally number one on Apple, which was so far beyond the expectations that I ever could have imagined for my life. This podcast was only supposed to be like an eight to 10 episode first season. I didn't know if anybody would ever listen to it. I didn't feel like I was a name, air quotes, at that point. I'm not Tony Robbins. I'm not Deepak Chopra. So why would anybody listen to what this schmuck who used to work in radio and quit to live his purpose, why would they care what I had to say about living an amplified life? And there was a little part of me that also, once that success happened and this podcast debuted, I was like, oh my God, what if people find out that I'm still trying to figure out my own crap 
and that I kind of feel like a screw up in a lot of areas of my life. And then all of a sudden I went into a big contraction and it became hard to even, you know, turn on the microphone to record more content because I was so afraid. Oh my God, what if people find me out? I also struggled to appreciate my role in the success because I am associated with my dear friends at the Elvis Duran Morning Show at iHeartRadio, and they were the ones who first promoted this podcast to their audience of 12 million people every morning. I thought that iHeartRadio was the cause of my success. I wasn't really understanding that I'm the one who created the relationship. I'm the one who pitched the idea for the podcast. They were a vehicle, certainly, but that I could generate other vehicles in my life and generate other partnerships because I am a generative person. I understand that now. Dan, 2018 to 2019 was still struggling with that idea. You know, I, I thought so much of what I achieved was just due to dumb luck. <laughs> that I had stumbled into this relationship with a huge media conglomerate. So what is the effect of imposter syndrome in your life? Well, if you're living under the fear of imposter syndrome, you are always anticipating rejection, ridicule, or abandonment in, in all your future relationships. And because you've heard me talk a lot about attachment theory, which is the view of the world that you created based on the level of attunement and care that you got from your primary caregivers, guess what? Imposter syndrome, heavily linked to your attachment. It is heavily linked to your trauma history and also heavily linked to groups that have been marginalized in the past. Maya Angelou, believe it or not, talked openly about going through imposter syndrome. You know, here's a woman that came from a marginalized background, and then all of a sudden you find yourself surrounded by people who come from privilege, and that can trigger a lot of those feelings of not being enough. Here's the quote from Maya Angelou. She says, I have written 11 books, but each time I think, uh-oh, they're going to find me out now. I've run a game on everybody, and they're going to find me out. Any marginalized group has experienced this. A lot of my LGBTQ friends and clients went through that having to put on a mask in high school and not feeling comfortable to come out to family or friends out of fear of abandonment or judgment. So there was, you know, a lot of those seeds of imposter syndrome planted early on. And I can also tell you, both from my own experience and working with high achievers, it shows up there as well because people who are high performers tend to have task-based identities. There's some subconscious programming in their attachment history that says, when I am achieving, I am worthy of love because love is conditional and I only get it when I'm doing what is expected. High achievers will work and work and work and work and then you somehow denigrate or diminish the success you've achieved because a part of you does not believe it had anything to do with your own skill or innate ability. You believe it had to do with hard work. So therefore, I must work harder to get to the next level, even when my body is telling me to slow down, even when my family is begging me for more time, got to keep going, got to keep going, got to keep going until there is eventually some sort of collapse, either emotional or physical. So let's quickly run down the five different types of imposter syndrome 
that show up in the world. And this is based on the work of Valerie Young, who wrote the book, The Secret Thoughts of Successful Women. She identified five different levels of imposter syndrome, starting with the perfectionists. Can you relate to this one? The perfectionists are the people who set extremely high expectations for themselves. And even when they meet 98% of their goals, they still feel like failures. They feel like they could have done more. Any small mistake that happens along the way makes them question their own competence. A lot of times uh, for the people who have the desire to start their own business or to transition careers or to somehow uh, give their gifts in service of others, the perfectionism imposter syndrome will keep them paralyzed because they're literally comparing themselves to a standard that does not exist. So it can be hard to get out of the quicksand and take the first step forward. The second group of imposters, these are the experts These are the ones who feel that they need to know every piece of information before they start a project, and they're always looking for another certification, another training, or another degree to improve their skills. Uh, People who are experts won't apply for a job if they don't meet every single criteria in the posting. They're usually hesitant to ask a question or to speak up. Uh, in a class or at a work meeting because they're afraid of looking stupid if they don't already know the answer. I'll brag for a moment about one of my clients right now. My client Tara came to me because she really, for years, had this vision of stepping into her passion to become a healer. You know, she's a kundalini yoga instructor. She's also a, a Reiki practitioner. But for her, She didn't want to start her side hustle business because she felt inadequate. Her only experience teaching kundalini yoga was doing free community classes for a local yoga studio. So she had struggled to think, oh, I'm not even getting paid for it yet. Therefore, I can't charge money to teach people this technology as a private instructor. You know, she had taken Reiki level one and two, but she wasn't a Reiki master. So she felt like she needed a new certification. And underneath all those limiting stories, as we did the work together, it was all about trauma. She's this incredible woman who wants to help other women heal, but yet as we did the subconscious mindset work, what we really uncovered were some blocks to creating friendships with women that were rooted in childhood trauma, also created a huge sense of isolation for her in her adult life in work, and There was also a belief, those of you who are familiar with kundalini yoga, it's not just, you know, going and laying on a mat and doing down dog. It's more energetic yoga, you know, doing a lot of chanting, waving your arms. It's more working on your energetic body. So for those who are unfamiliar with the practice, first time I ever did a kundalini yoga class was at a seven-day trauma retreat. And I always just referred to it as kundalini yoga. I think at one point I was like, what is this effing nonsense people are teaching me? This is weird. But then I actually really started to get benefits from the practice. So for my client who wanted to be a kundalini teacher, she knows that people aren't necessarily prepared for what's going to happen in the first kundalini class. She was like, oh my God, it's it, it's too weird. People think yoga's weird. I'm going to be working with a lot of clients in the Bible belt. They're going to think this is some pagan ritual. So many stories, but underneath it was again all about her attachment patterns. 
You know, somebody who grew up feeling maybe separate and feeling like an outcast from the people around her, who struggled for perfectly legitimate psychological reasons to build relationships with women, but it, it triggered feelings of not being safe to step out. So as we did that deeper mindset work, it was so funny. We cleared all that energy up, created a couple powerful experiences that were opposite of what she would have done before, which would be isolate. We created a couple powerful moments where she was able to connect with other people. Within seven days of that session, she called me. She has her first two private clients. She's filing her LLC and her side hustle is up and running. And, you know, we've already created a path right now where she could earn anywhere from fifteen dollars to $30,000 in side hustle income during 2020 doing the work she loves. And if she decides to make it her main income, there's a path to do that as well. But you got to get beyond the feelings of imposter syndrome, which means working with a qualified coach through your attachment and through that trauma history. uh, So you're clearing those subconscious blocks that get in the way. But she is definitely an example of that expert type of imposter syndrome person. Oh, I need more training before I'm ready to serve. Whatever you have right now within you is enough to help somebody. And there's somebody who's a step or two behind you who needs the knowledge of the talents or the gifts that you have to share. The third sort of imposter is the natural genius. These are the people who get really anxious when they have to struggle or work hard to accomplish something because they think it means that they're not good enough. These are people who, you know, are used to skills coming easily to them. So when they actually have to put in a little bit of effort, the brain tells them that that's proof that they're not good enough. And it triggers that huge anxiety that uh, people are going to realize I'm a fraud. So they push away. The fourth type of imposter is near and dear to my heart. This resonates for me, and I see this happen so much with my male clients because we do not want to be vulnerable. We do not want to ask for help. These are the soloists. They feel like they have to accomplish tasks on their own, and if they need to ask for help, They think that means that they're a failure or a fraud. Soloists would rather work themselves into the ground and go into the office for six hours on a Saturday than dare delegate or admit that they're feeling overwhelmed. And while I see this a lot with my high-performing male clients, what I would tell you you know, from a macro level is that it has more to do with avoidant attachment. You know, we talked about the anxious attachment people where relationships and, and maintaining an image of being, air quotes, perfect is how they get love. Well, the avoidant attachment people are the ones whose mantra is, F it, I'll do it myself. Because they grew up in a home where when they cried out, when they asked for help or when they needed to get their needs met, nobody showed up for them. So for soloists and avoiding attachment people in general, there is a huge belief that I can only rely on me. They don't like to work in teams. They don't like to delegate. They take on that work themselves. But it usually drives them to exhaustion, overwhelm, adrenal fatigue until there is a collapse. Let's also talk about the fifth type of imposter syndrome. That is Superman or Superwoman. These are the people that push themselves to work harder than everybody around them because they have to prove that they're not an imposter. So they feel the need to succeed in all aspects of life. They've got to be the best employee, the best boss, the best parent, the best partner, 
And there's a real sense of anxiety when they are not accomplishing something. So how do you begin to move beyond imposter syndrome? Well, a little hard to get into to solve this completely in a 30-minute podcast episode, but I want to give you some grounded action steps that you can work to apply into your life right now. And the first one is going to seem a little bit obvious, but this might be the most powerful step that you can take is A, just name those feelings of inadequacy for what it is. Just come out and say, it's imposter syndrome. Because then it makes it just a little less terrible. That negative voice in your head, the inner critic, doesn't really own you when you acknowledge that voice is not yours. I also find it incredibly helpful to name your inner critic and give it a funny character. I've told you on the podcast before that my crap-talking alter ego, his name is Darnell Mason. <laughs> he talks like Kevin Hart. It, so whenever I'm in that place of, you know, shit, Dan, you ain't nothing. Nobody's going to pay you to coach them. Like, it, it, when I hear it in the voice of Kevin Hart, it makes me laugh. And I don't have to take it seriously. I've had other clients who use, you know, some of my female clients use it in the voice of like a 1980s Valley girl. I've had other people use Donald Duck as the voice. So when that thing comes in and tells him you're not good enough, you need to work harder. Literally, it's hard to take that seriously when it sounds like Donald Duck when he's angry, where it's like... <laughs> But you just got to find the voice or the character that works for you. One of my earlier mentors who's been on this podcast before, he used to name that negative inner critic part of himself, Rod the Fraud. And once you name it, you know it's not really your higher self. Number two, for the person who is struggling to internalize their success, you have to start to journal and begin taking credit for the ways that you created it. Is it true that this podcast might not still be here and that I would not have a coaching business had I not established a relationship with a highly prolific radio morning show that reaches 12 million people every morning? Could be. But what I've had to go back and realize is I was the one that built that connection, that I took action steps that made that happen. They only found me because of an article that I wrote for the Huffington Post. So literally me showing up and sharing inspiration and my writing and my story with the world is what created the connection in the first place. Even once I had been paid by that morning show to come give a keynote speech at their company meetings, uh, after that, I was the one that nurtured that relationship and asked if they would be interested in promoting my podcast. I was the one that reached out and booked myself as a guest on their show a couple times. So now you have to do this for yourself. Start to acknowledge what did you do to get to the point of where you are? Where did you say yes when you could have said no? Maybe even harder, where are the times you said no when you could have said yes? But once you realize that your action steps led to the external circumstances of your life, you realize that you can recreate that over and over again. Step number three, I've talked about this idea before. You have got to create your own book of awesome. It could even be a file of awesome, but every client testimonial, every nice bit of feedback that you send me on Instagram or on Twitter or Facebook about the podcast, I screenshot it. I save it to a folder on my iPhone. So 
during those times when I feel like I'm not enough, when I feel like the world's going to find me out or that this is all going to come crashing down, I can go back and look at real life examples in other people's words of how their lives have changed and how they've been moved by the information that they've gotten from this podcast. So for you, it might be texts from friends. Uh, It might be even just making a note on your iPhone in the notes about the times people have given you a compliment about your work or about the energy that you bring into the office or into your personal relationships. Start to file that away because there are times when we all need that pep talk. Jeanette Schneider, last week on the podcast, has actually written a pep talk to herself that she keeps on her iPhone, and she can open that up whenever she needs to. Figure out the approach that is right for you and get busy implementing that in your life. Tip number four, if you want to overcome imposter syndrome, you've got to focus on providing value. That During the times when I'm obsessed over whether I'm enough, whether I'm capable, whether I'm a good enough coach, podcaster, entrepreneur, business person, I realize in those moments I'm focusing solely on myself. I'm worried about what people will think about me. I'm worried about if my needs will get met. If I fail, you know, will my financial needs be met? Will people shun me? And all of that is completely self-focused. The fastest way to move beyond this imposter syndrome and feeling like a fraud is to give your energy, your gifts, your compassion, your empathy to somebody else. Now, there might be part of you that is afraid of that. You're worried because you're like, oh, my God, well, what if they make fun of me for trying to help? What if my, you know, my empathy and my sincerity is pushed away? You know, I just went through this recently. Uh, You listened to Jeanette Schneider on the podcast last week. I was a guest on her podcast where we did a really raw, honest interview about trauma and about my personal history in overcoming trauma. And. I wanted to throw up at the end of the interview. I was like, oh, I've shared too much. I've shared too much. And then ended up just seeing a couple really nice messages, uh, particularly from her male listeners who were completely moved by the vulnerability and it hit home for them. So when I'm focusing on me, it's hard for me to be of service of others. And the same is true for you. Get about the business of just taking your gifts, offering value to the world and doing the work that you're here to do. Tip number five, and this is more of a mindset shift than an action step, I guess, but you have to realize that when you're holding back your gifts and your talents from the world because you're afraid of being an imposter, you're actually robbing the world. That there are people out there that need your story. They need your talent. They need that idea that you have in your head that you haven't completely brought forward yet. My client, who was the Kundalini yoga instructor, uh, was in the middle of her free community class that she offered, and somebody just randomly popped in from the street, sat in on the class, and at the end was so connected to my client's energy. She didn't want to do a free community class, literally wanted to pay her to teach her Kundalini yoga one-on-one. And part of the story for a lot of people with imposter syndrome is, oh my God, anybody can do what I do. Yes, maybe your movie idea, the song idea that you have, that concept has been said before, but nobody is going to give it the way that you can. And there is somebody out there that this information that you have, the gift, the the business you want to start, 
it's going to reach them because of the way that you present it. I, I mean, look, the self-help podcast community is completely cluttered. You've got half a million options out there for other podcasts that you could be listening to. Many of those people teach the same content I do. Nothing new has been said in self-help since like the Sermon on the Mount. If you go back and look at the text, it's pretty much all there. There's nothing here that I'm giving you that you couldn't get from another teacher, but yet you come back to this podcast because for some reason you've connected to the way I present it. Maybe you connect to my story and you can offer that same ability to other people. Remember that, you know, information at the end of the day is just a commodity. It's all about how you present it. It's about your energy and it's about the container that you can create for other people to make them feel safe, to make them feel seen and heard and experienced so that they can get the benefit of your work. Two more things that I wanted to share briefly before we wrap up this week. Tip number six, realize that nobody knows what the hell they're doing. <laughs> Elon Musk has made a lot of money failing forward over the course of his life. When he developed PayPal, it was voted the worst online business invention of the year. Like, people universally panned it. Elon has got all this stuff going on with SpaceX, and all they do is launch rockets that blow up before they ever make it to Mars. Everybody's a work in progress, right? You know, so <laughs> Einstein blew up a thousand light bulbs before he figured out the electricity thing. The world that we live in, all the great inventions, you know, if you're listening to me on a smartphone right now, it's the result of a lot of courageous people who played, who tinkered, who fell on their face, and then eventually they succeeded. All you need is the one success, you know, like, uh, like I said, Einstein, right? Screwed up the light bulb a thousand times, got it right once. That's not a very high rate of, uh, what is that, a, a 0 0.01 success rate. But the success changed the world. Thank God we're not all you know, like communicating and that I'm not recording this by candlelight, <laughs> you know, because in, electricity was never invented. So realize that everybody is an imposter to some degree until they figure out what the hell it is that they're here to figure out. And tip number seven talk to somebody about what you're experiencing. Being able to say out loud that you're struggling, that you don't feel like you're enough, can be a huge help, especially when they laugh at you about it and they don't confirm it. <laughs> have you ever been like, have you ever gone to a friend, you'd be like, God, I just don't feel like I'm good enough. And they're like, yeah, yeah, Dan. Well, I mean, you are a piece of garbage, right? <laughs> Nobody's going to say that to you. And there can be tremendous uh, connection through vulnerability to have somebody encourage you and to take you by the hand and to hold that certainty for your dream, even on the days when you can't. So I hope this episode is helpful for you. I think it's super relatable. If you're still here right now, you've gone through the imposter syndrome. And if you need some support to overcome it, so you can be like my client, Tara, who's now taking this dream that she's had for years and turning it into a money-making side hustle. Or maybe you just want to relate differently to that high-achieving corporate job that you have, but you want to actually be able to pull back, rest more, not overwork yourself, and enjoy the process and the fruits of your labor. I've got coaching programs that will help you out. You can go to my website, find out how we can work one-on-one -on -one together at creativesoulcoaching.net. If 
any of the information I've shared this week is helpful for you, please screenshot the podcast, upload it to Instagram or Twitter, share this with your friends. And if you could, please leave those five-star ratings and reviews for us on Apple. It helps us with the algorithm. It definitely matters because there are other people that need to hear this this week. And you can always share your aha moments with us, by the way, by joining our private Facebook community. You can find the link for that in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here. It is an honor and a privilege to serve you. Don't forget, turn down the volume on your negativity. Turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified. I'll talk to you next week, my friend.